Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Oh, and welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. I can't remember if I mentioned last week, uh, so just in case, uh, the television version of this program, The Conspiracy Show, which airs across Canada on Vision TV, is now... As of middle May, middle of May, it's now available in the United States on Destination America, uh, which is part of the Discovery Channel. Uh, so we're very, very excited about that. The first nine episodes aired in a marathon uh, earlier this month, sort of back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back episodes. Uh, so uh, I'm sure they'll be playing those nine episodes again in the meantime. Season 3, 13 brand new episodes coming to Vision TV this fall. But this is the radio version. No pictures, just sound. And thank you for your ears. Uh, the good Dr. George Chinescu. I, this is stunning. I have to share this with you and just take a few moments. It's, it's that important. Uh, George Chinescu, who hosts Big Band Sunday Night, which is the program preceding the conspiracy show here in our mothership station, AM740 in Toronto. George is a dear friend and a mentor. Uh, after all, he's been in radio for about 65 years, so I think I could pick up a few things from good old George. Uh, however, um, last week, I come into the studio, and George tells me in a very nonchalant manner, which is his way, that he's just been diagnosed with stomach cancer. And I was uh, thrown for a little bit of a loop, uh, because I don't want to lose George. And... Uh, I mean, I was crestfallen, and I, I, I asked, I said, George, what is the prognosis? And he sort of brushed it off the way he always does uh, these things, and he says, hell, I'm 80. I've had a pretty good run. Now, when someone says that to you, I've had a pretty good run, to me that says the prognosis is not good. Uh, and, and George has been in some uh, discomfort, never mentioned a, a word of it to me, for the last three months, excruciating pain in his abdominal area. And then he just got this diagnosis, which was dire, uh, to say the least. So, hell, I'm 80. I've had a good run. Uh, so I told George, I said, uh, you know, I'll be praying for you. And I know that doesn't mean a lot to some of you or when someone says I'm praying for you or I'll be thinking of you. Uh, most of you, I, I won't say most of you, many of you may say, well, is that all? You know, you're going to pray for me? Uh, but it means something to me and, and I know it meant something to George, which is why I told him that and I did pray for him. But the other thing that I did was I immediately emailed Another friend, a mutual friend, and that is Douglas James Cottrell, who has been on this program countless times. Douglas is considered Canada's Edgar Casey. He's a remote viewer. Uh, he's a medical intuitive and uh, and a healer. I emailed uh, Douglas. I said, can you come into studio and do a laying on of hands? Uh, George has stomach cancer. And uh, Douglas said, well, I'm in Spain right now, and I'm here until the end of the month, but when I get back, I'll certainly do that. But in the meantime... Douglas says via email. In the meantime, I will send out some healing intention and some healing energy to, to uh, George's way. All right, so that was last week. A couple of days ago, I got an email and uh, George is saying, I- I'm going back to the doctor. They're going to uh, run some tests again. And I believe he said, I don't have the email in front of me. I, th- I think they were going to do the biopsy over again. So, update. I come in tonight. And there's a George behind the uh, the audio board looking even more chipper than usual. And he's laughing. And I said, George, what's going on? How do you feel? He looked at me and he said, I am pain-free for the first time in three months. I went back to the doctor. They ran some tests. I just got the results. There's no cancer. 
In fact, there probably wasn't any cancer, or at least what they thought was cancer is no longer cancer. I don't know what to tell you. He doesn't have cancer, and he's pain-free for the first time in three months. So, hey, I don't know. My prayers, all of your prayers, uh, Douglas James Cottrell's healing intention all the way from Spain, whatever, whatever happened. What do you want to call it? A medical miracle. Why not? Why not? And that's not the first time that's happened to George Genescu. I've talked to you on this program before about this. Uh, I, I won't do it now, but another time. When we bring Douglas James Cottrell in, and he will be in uh, after the end of the month, we'll get, he'll, he'll come in and, and he's going to do a, a laying on of hands on good old Dr. George anyway, because George is 80, and uh, in George's own words, <laughs> I'm a wreck, he, he, uh, he, he admits. So um, just just to be on the safe side, we'll do another uh, healing for uh, George Sinescu. Anyway, I'm elated. Great news. I'm over the moon, in fact. Anyway, uh, and now that we've dispensed with our medical miracle, uh, let's move on to other matters. Uh, last September 2013, there was an expose based on the leaks of Edward Snowden, hero slash turncoat. I don't know. You make up your own mind. To me, in my books, he's a hero. Anyway, he revealed, of course, that the National Security Agency has now developed methods to crack online encryption, which are used to protect every online activity you can think of, emails, banking, your medical records. And encryption is really the system that, that lets the Internet function as an important commercial instrument, instrument all around the world. And uh, Glenn Greenwald of the, uh, of the Guardian, of course, who, in conjunction with Snowden, made these uh, mind-blowing revelations about the uh, National Security Agency. At least Greenwald was Snowden's conduit. Let's put it that way. Anyway, Greenwald then collaborated with the New York Times and uh, an organization called ProPublica, uh, and... Um, this expose is really what has informed us as to the, the lengths that the NSA has gone uh, to invade our privacy, our online privacy. And so I thought, we need to talk about this. I mean, I don't know about you, but I practically I live online. I work constantly online via email. And the Snowden revelations and the Greenwald uh, expose really put the fear of God in me, quite frankly, almost to the point where I'm thinking, man, I, I should just unplug. But maybe not, maybe not yet. Maybe it's, it's not too late uh, to give up. Uh, but is privacy dead online? Has the horse bolted the barn? That's where we're going for the, uh, the next 45 minutes or so. Mark Weinstein is a leading online privacy advocate and the CEO founder of a social network company called sgruples.com or sgruples.com if you will. He's the privacy blogger for CNN and the Huffington Post as well as a steering committee member of National Strategy for the White House Initiative Trusted Identities in Cyberspace. He's been also named Ambassador of Privacy by Design by Ontario's Information and Privacy Commissioner Mark Weinstein. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you, sir? Richard, thank you very much. Great to be here. Tell me first, before we, we, uh, we talk about how our privacy is being invaded, eroded on a daily basis, let's talk about this social network company uh, that you founded. Uh, now, is it, is it sgruples.com? 
or is, how, how do we how do we it's pronounce that? Actually called scruples. Scruples. Okay. Scruples because it's a play on the English word scruples. Right. Now, this the way we spell it is s g r o u p l e s dot com. Um, and of course, uh, it's about doing the right thing. It's about having integrity. And we really would like to say, imagine the internet with scruples. Hard to imagine. <laughs> so, and you know, really, it's it, the Snowden conversation is fascinating, um, regardless of what our listeners think about Snowden, because what he did is he let us know what was happening, you know, for real. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that before. You know, Snowden revealed that the NSA was spying on us. Um, you know, what was happening and still happens to this day is that Facebook and Google and Yahoo and, you know, all these companies are spying on us um, and, and gathering data about us. They can predict the length of our relationships. You know, there's Google Glass now that can identify who we are, where we are, whenever we are. Um, you know, Google just bought a company called Nest, which, you know, is like the thermostats and controls for inside your house. They're going to know everything about us. This has gone too far. Oh, yes. And, and I mean, it does go back. I mean, let's let's face it. Even with credit card purchases, uh, uh, advertisers can know uh, a great deal about us. I, but for me, it's one thing for that information to be to be used for marketing purposes. And maybe I'm being naive. Uh, so that they know what kind of razor I like and, and uh, you know, w- w- my ideal travel um, travel destination is and so forth. For marketing purposes, because I'm, a, I'm an avowed capitalist, uh, but it's another thing for government agencies uh, to have that kind of information. Am I being naive in making that distinction? Absolutely. Uh, with all due respect, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you are, and we'll talk about why, because there's something called the wisdom of privacy. But let, let's, uh, you know, just sort of paint the picture of what, how scruples is different, because there's something we call a privacy bill of rights. And one of the issues, Richard, is that um, with the perspective that you just p- presented, which is really an understandable one, what's missing is the context about what privacy has always meant. Um, because privacy and, and its scruples, we have a privacy bill of rights on our homepage. And, of course, as you mentioned, uh, Ann Kevorkian of Ontario, of the Ontario government, has given me this really wonderful award as Privacy by Design Ambassador. Um, because, really, your personal information is your business. It's, it's different if you choose to make a purchase you know, with your credit card than if you tell your friends, uh, let, let's go to the bar tonight and have a beer, or I'm worried about my father. He has, you know, prostate cancer, and all of a sudden you're getting ads about, you know, either beer or something, you know, medical, you know, uh, something about prostate cancer. These are, this is all private, and the invasion of privacy has really gotten out of control. So at Scruples, we have this thing called the Privacy Bill of Rights because people have to rediscover what does privacy mean. It means your personal information and your content are private. Facebook owns your content as well as you know. That doesn't make sense to us. You know, it doesn't make sense to us that, you know, Facebook and Google are doing all those things. We're private networks. That means that we don't track you. You don't have to make money by tracking people. Um, you know, your privacy means your information is not shared with anyone. Okay, and let me just uh, jump in here, yeah. Mark. We've got the music uh, coming up, so we'll take a time out, come back on the other side. 
A leading online privacy advocate and the CEO founder of a social network company called Scruples.com. Mark Weinstein, my guest, protecting your online privacy. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show after this. Stay with us. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serry. Welcome back. So over the last six months, you've heard a lot about how uh, Google is violating its users' trust and privacy from reading every single word of every single email sent to or from your Gmail account uh, to replacing real shopping search results with paid ads to sharing your personal information with app developers to monetizing the web searches that kids do in school. And Google has made a mission out of invading your privacy to commercialize your most personal information. So you'd think after all of that coming to light, Google would apologize, right? Wrong. They did just the opposite. A few weeks ago, or a few months ago rather, in an official response to a class action lawsuit accusing Google of illegally reading Gmail's users' private messages, Google said that, quote, just as a sender of a letter to a business colleague cannot be surprised that the recipient's assistant opens the letter, people who use web-based email today cannot be surprised if their communications are processed by the recipient's ECS provider in the course of delivery. Indeed, quote, a person has no legitimate expectation of privacy and information he voluntarily turns over to third parties, end quote. You heard that correctly. Mark Weinstein is our privacy online expert tonight. And, uh, Mark, your jaw must have hit the floor when you heard that. Or maybe you, were, you, you weren't surprised at all. You know, um, I wasn't surprised, and it's still so incredible. You know, uh, for our listeners, you know, Google is a company that claims to do no evil. And here's what we all want to remember. Any company that, that has a motto of do no evil, isn't there something wrong with that motto? I mean, how about, you know, do great in the world or, you know, bring, bring value to, to, to life, but do no evil is their motto? And for sure, look, a Wall Street Journal uh, investigative reporter looked at what Google knows about him, and he, what he found out, this is what he found out, Google knows all 134,966 emails in his account, every word, everything, they've aggregated all the topics. They know everyone, who every one of his contacts is, 2,700. They know every YouTube video he's ever watched, 9,220. They know all his passwords. They know all his documents and every word in them. So, you know, they know the 64,019 searches he's done and what the topics are, and they've aggregated that into a packet. And that's what the NSA gets when they go in the back door of Google. And that's what's wrong. And they have that same information on all of us then. Right, Exactly. If you're using Google. Now, there is a company called DuckDuckGo.com. Uh, it's a search engine that doesn't track you, doesn't aggregate information. There's another one called StartPage.com. Um, and this is also the same kind of things that Facebook knows about us. And, you know, listen, that's the thing is we, we click that tab that says Agree to Terms and Conditions because who's got the time to read 30 pages of legalese when we just want the service, and that's how they get us. Uh, now I'm a I'm a Gmail user, so I'm uh, I'm probably going to have my my wrist slapped on the air here tonight by you. Uh, is that the first mistake? You know, not not to use Gmail. Well, you know, um, it's just one of many when you look at, and it's not a mistake, right? Because look, uh, first of all, I always encourage everybody we participate in society. 
you know, the Internet is great. This is why I'm, you know, building my second large social media company. I'm one of the founders of social media online. I built one of the first great ones back in 1998. It's so amazing. But what we want to do are choose companies that respect us and, and that we can trust and that are in partnership with us and treat us as customers. Now, that point, Richard, is very interesting because actually we're not the customer at Google and we're not the customer at Facebook. But as consumers, we didn't realize that. But we're the product. We're the product. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And listen, I am a great capitalist, too. I love capitalism. I love democracy. What an amazing opportunity we have, you know, in North America to live the dream of, you know, really inventing and creating your life and your business. Um, but that, you know, there's a way to do that. It's called conscious capitalism, you know, you know doing well by doing good, you know, adding value uh, without doing this creepy stuff. So... Uh, you said that there are certain, you know, there are alternatives, obviously, to Google. But how do we know who we can trust? How do we know that these other companies haven't given the backdoor encryption code to the NSA or CIA? I mean, how how can we be sure? Well, let's listen. Let's talk about encryption. Uh, first of all, Google's not encrypted, and Scruple is not encrypted. But the backdoor is interesting because, you know, uh, let's just make sure our listeners know about the NSA and the RSA. The RSA sets encryption standards, and it's an independent group. But the NSA set the encryption standards for the RSA. This is you can you can uh, forgive the expression, but Google this or go to startpageduck.go. And so, you know, the NSA can crack encryption. So encryption isn't really the solution right now. Not until it gets better. Um, it's you know it's it's a way to protect from corporate espionage and other things. But don't think you're encrypting something and keeping it from the NSA. So the key is it starts your first line of offense is to use providers that don't spy on you. And how can you tell? Well, Scruples are about to launch what we call the Scruples Challenge because we don't have any tracking cookies inside our site. And you can tell by measuring it. There's companies like Disconnect.com or DoNotTrack.com. You know, you can launch these companies and see how many trackers you have. And listen, here's a mind-blowing statistic for our listeners. Facebook is tracking us at 1,200 of the top 2,500 websites used in North America. I mean, get that, everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a member of Facebook. They're tracking you and us at half the websites that we use, not just oh Facebook. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, listen, I, I, I don't know if this is something that you, you want to get into, but, I mean, do you think that, that Facebook was in part a creation of the National Security Agency, or some of these alphabet intelligence groups? Um, here's what I can tell you. Um, I believe that there's some documentation, and we're researching it, that Facebook may indeed have been invested in by the CIA's uh, investment arm. The CIA has an investment arm. Um, I think they've buried this, but there were early articles about it. I do believe that uh, early in uh, the advancement of Facebook that they did take uh, CIA money. Um, and again, I'm saying I believe this. Uh, we're researching it right now. I've seen uh, data on this. I've seen articles about it. So uh, it, it could very well be that the uh, the CIA has been in the back door all the time. How else are they tracking us online? We, we hear these horror stories about them being able to activate your webcam without you, you, you without you even knowing it. Well, you know, this is where uh, you know for for our listeners. Um, strangely enough, you know, when you look at, so what browser should I use, which is an inter interesting question. Um, 
And, you know, Google Chrome is actually pretty good at keeping those viruses that, that get in and steal and hijack your computer out. Uh, but Firefox, is, which, and you go to Mozilla and download Firefox, um, Firefox is really good also at, because Firefox isn't spying on you and, and blocking some of these. Now, this raises the question of, you know, do you really want to buy a new Samsung TV with a camera in it? And, and the answer is no. So we've got to start to be smarter about the purchases that we're making. Um, I do believe it's possible for, you know, uh, you're just like it's possible for, you know, someone to hijack your computer. We're seeing this problem right now where, you know, bad guys are hijacking personal and business computers and holding them for ransom, uh, and people are having to pay. They, they, they send an encryption, uh, you know, uh, algorithm into the computer, basically locks up the whole thing, and you get this evil message that says, you know, we've got your computer. Here are the, here are the instructions on how you can pay us. So, right, this uh, is the new piracy on the high seas. It's yeah. all virtual. Uh, I mean, but these are, uh, these are sort of organized uh, groups of, of criminals we're talking about, which is also a concern. We also have to be mindful of that. I guess I'm, I'm sort of, uh, focused on on uh, these alphabet agencies, intelligence agencies, and, and other government bodies that are poking around. I, I don't know why it, that I have I have greater concern about those when I should also be paying attention, as you say, you know, to the the, the, the marketers and the and these other you know criminal cabals that are after uh, my information. Uh, which do you think is the greatest threat of those three? Um, well, you know, when we're talking about privacy. Uh, you know, first of all, and I guess we should let, uh, because, you know, we go across the border with the show, um, because healthcare.gov, you know, Obamacare, healthcare.gov has clauses in their privacy policy that says this. I'm reading a direct quote from their privacy policy. If you have an account with a third-party website and choose to like, friend, follow, or comment, uh, then certain personal information associated with your account may be made available to healthcare.gov based on the privacy policy of the third-party website and your privacy settings within that website. So healthcare.gov is also, and here's another clause right from healthcare.gov, healthcare.gov sometimes collects and uses your personally identifiable information if you made it available through third-party websites. So, you know, it's, it's not just the NSA that we need to be concerned about. It. It's even just like things like healthcare.gov and, um, and really it's the question of, are we entitled to be private? Does, does the United States government and the Canadian government need to know who my friends are because that's what they're looking at, whether I'm going out for a beer tonight, what my personal habits are? Just like credit card companies are looking at who your friends are, and now they're, giving, they're approving or disapproving of your credit based on who your friends are, not your credit history. So the answer is you should be worried about formal government agencies um, spying, and you should be worried about companies like you know Google and Facebook because they're the ones that are the information providers and the collectors. And you should be worried about data brokers that 60 Minutes talked about a few weeks ago uh, that have 1,500 points of data on over 200 million people in North America. Um, and you know you should have an antivirus uh, uh, service, you know, like Norton Utilities or something on your computer because the bad guys are out there. Now, you're a steering committee member of a National Strategy for the White House Initiative, Trusted Identities in Cyberspace. So, I mean, are you like, if I can flip this old uh, um, metaphor around here, are you, the, are you the hen in the fox house? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and that committee 
has now been privatized. What that committee was doing, and I was very concerned about it, um, this is a very good question. That, that committee was of volunteers from the industry um, about how we could come up with a universal system, a way to, uh, to identify, to validate our identities when we were, went to a website or made a purchase uh, and somehow protected that information. Um, and that, they, um, that group then uh, put together, there were some grants from the government trying to come up with systems. So there are companies developing systems national systems where we would have like, you know, like a passport for identifying us, a social security number for identifying us online that validates who we are. And I'm also very concerned about those systems because, you know, again, it's a whole new database that can be hacked uh, and personal information about me can be gotten. So I was really an outspoken uh, critic uh, concerned about these big, you know, national government initiative to identify every person in North America and who they are when they're online. Uh, I'm wondering if whether uh, scruples ha- has, has come under any any pressure. I mean, there are other social networks out there and Internet service providers that have been basically uh, forced to shut down because they wouldn't either comply or, or play ball with these intel groups who, who again, wanted access to uh, I don't know whether you call it a you know a backdoor or they wanted to be able to uh, 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 to data mine uh, you know the the the, uh, the members of that social network and so forth. Has Grupals come under any any pressure that way? No, no, no. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm a law-abiding citizen. I love democracy, and I really love you know how our governments work to protect us. I think they do that very well. I have nothing against law enforcement. At Scruples, we're really clear in our terms of service that you cannot, you know, it's right, there's a list of what you cannot do at Scruples, you know, violate any law regulation, uh, you know, uh, you know, you can't post anything that's unlawful, harmful, obscene, you can't bully, intimidate, or harm another user. I'm reading this right from our, you know, you can't post content that's hateful, threatening, harmful, incites violence, or contains graphic or gratuitous violence. Um, you know, this, we are for law-abiding citizens. And, you know, we just don't aggregate information about our members. We're not tracking them at all, so we don't have anything to hand over to the government. And if, you know, the, the system, you know, the judicial systems in Canada and, and the United States work, so if law enforcement came to scruples with a warrant, with a bona fide warrant, uh, and had, therefore, the rights to, you know, to get information about a member, we would have to comply. If they came and asked us without a warrant, of course we don't comply. Um, because we believe in the law-abiding citizens and, and the legal judicial process. So, but you know, if you're not, if if you're a lawbreaker, scruples is not for you. No, no, I understand that. I'm, I'm, and I'm not. What I'm worried about is not the, it's not the, uh, the, the warrant for one individual, because they're using something entirely different now. I mean, they're they're doing these warrantless searches, or they're it's it's one warrant for all of your information, and, uh, and they're we going seen to be anything like that. Uh, Richard, it's scruples. I wouldn't expect to, um, you know, and uh, we would contest something like that, you know, and it, w- it wouldn't get get past, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'd go straight to the courts on something like that. Good, good, because you know the companies have been shut down because they've refused to, to play ball that way. Well, you know, uh, I'm, well, let's let's talk about that. We can speak to who? That was Lava Bit. Yes. yes. Uh, and um, you know, I know I know Lamar, uh, the founder and CEO, and you know, remember they were an encrypted private email service um, and I actually wrote an article 
uh, about uh, you know what he did and, and how they did it, um, and you know I'm not sure that uh, you know I mean that you know scruples isn't designed to to sort of to be an fu to law enforcement. I got scruples it. is designed for people to use social media, have a great time, not screw up their jobs, not ruin their relationships because they posted something to the world that the world should never see. You can't post to the world at Scruples. Okay. You can post to your family, your friends, your coworkers, everybody that you know. Their friends can't ever see what you're doing. Okay, it's i got to really take a time out here. Life. All right, uh, we'll come back and uh, pick up on that point. Mark Weinstein is with us, and he is the CEO and founder of Scruples.com, an online privacy expert. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Welcome back. Mark Weinstein is with us, a leading online privacy advocate and the CEO founder of a social network company called Scruples.com. That's capital S. We don't have to spell it with capitals, but it's S-G-R-O-U-P-L-E-S.com. And he's also the privacy blogger for CNN and the Huffington Post. Uh, what are some of the the, 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 the most common mistakes uh, people make re- relating to security and privacy, the most common mistakes people make online, Mark? Um, we hear this a lot. It's passwords, right? You hear the, the uh, thing about passwords. Um, so, you know, everybody really, you've got to differentiate your passwords. You've got to change them regularly. Uh, and contrary to popular belief, you shouldn't store your passwords on your computer. And I don't really believe you should store your passwords with a password storage service. I think you need to write them down and put them somewhere where you know where they are. Um, that's a big one. You know, so, you know, you can turn off your geolocation feature. Um, you know, it's sort of classic think before you post. Check your friends list, you know, at those social media sites that, you know, maybe you shouldn't be at anymore anyhow. Uh, be careful about linking accounts. Don't link accounts. Um, you know, and don't use your Facebook uh, or uh, Twitter credentials to log into a whole bunch of websites. Somebody, you know, hacks that, they got it. Um, also, don't be afraid to use social media. Be, you know, I mean, just, you know, be, be smart online. Um, use, use the right browser. So, like I said, you know, strangely, Chrome, while they're spying on you, they're pretty good at filtering out the, um, the bad guys, the criminals. They can come in and infect your computer and hijack your computer. But Firefox is really the uh, browser of choice. And use DuckDuckGo for your search engines. And use Scruples.com for social media. So, and, you know, that's, that's um, Richard, really, that's what you've got to do. You know, we're looking, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, who's, gonna, who's investing, you know, like in Facebook. Did they take CIA money? Probably uh, we had a guy talk to us once, said, oh, the Homeland Security might want to invest in you guys. And I looked at him like, you're crazy, right? Um, so, you know, highly qualified investors interested in privacy are welcome to contact me. Um, you know, use our site. Um, you know, we're doing the right thing. You know, we're bringing privacy back to the world on social media, on the Internet, where everybody's concerned about it. 
Now, uh, what about when you're making purchases online? I know a lot of people, even in this day and age, are still very nervous about that, despite the fact that, you know, uh, commerce online is just, it's going, you know, it's going to it's gonna drive the box stores out of business. Everybody's doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, listen, you know, you've got to be active. And look, we're so busy, right? So it's convenient to go to Amazon or to go, you know, to, to an online store and make a purchase. Here's what I tell people, and you don't hear this too often. Get yourself a PayPal account, and therefore just have one credit card over at PayPal, and that's your extra line of protection. So you're never actually typing in your credit card so that, you know, if there's a virus on your computer, it can capture the number. Uh, it, that can never happen. Uh, and you always have that extra line of defense in addition to the protection that your credit card uh, company is giving you, the PayPal company is giving it to you also. So do something like that. Be smart. Now, uh, I'm uh, the host of a, a program called The Conspiracy Show. So some of the emails that I send out when I'm looking for, for guests and so forth, you know, there are some, I'm, I often wondered, you know, how thick they, the dossier is they have on me just based on the emails I send. Because an email, I, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm sending out all those buzzwords, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm sending an email, a, right? Yeah, just an, an email to an author say, I'd like to talk about 9-11 or I'd like to talk about, you know, uh, uh, terrorist groups and so forth. So... You know, uh, uh, should we be cautious about the language that we use in our emails? See, this is where, and this is actually what happened. So Facebook, the Facebook era gave us the sense of being uncensored, and there's something called after the ecstasy, the laundry. And today, everybody on Facebook, it's all baloney anyhow, right? Everybody's putting their best picture forward. Everybody's, you know, if you believe the Facebook story about people, everybody's life is amazing. So the answer is, you know, censor yourself where you should be censored. If you have a Gmail account, you know, Google's reading it, and, you know, censor it. Censor yourself. You know, go to scruples. Go to places where you can be yourself, because privacy is important. And remember, so I wrote an article in the Huffington Post about the wisdom of privacy. Privacy is really important for our genius, for our creativity. It's much more than, oh, I have nothing to hide. It's really about culture. It's really about we don't want Big Brother watching us. Well, you know, I always say we all have something to hide. I mean, we all have things that are, and legitimately so. Why shouldn't we be allowed to hide things? Uh, and and but you don't, you don't, you get the sense when you talk to to, to people of a certain demographic, uh, an age group that that doesn't matter to them anymore. And that's what has me really worried. And I'm wondering if that might be what's driving this. You know, you walk into uh, these. Uh, IT companies, or even the, you know the, the the people with a lot of these social network companies, they are they are young young people, and and they don't necessarily even have a sense of what privacy means. I have means. good news for you, Richard. I have good news for you. It's so so you know those kids, right? They, they grew up without privacy, but the kids right behind them. So the kids that are 10 to 15 today, they are totally on top of this issue. The world is changing. You check out a 10-year-old, they do not want to be public. They're creeped out by it. You know, their older brothers or sisters did it or their parents did it. They want their privacy. This is changing. The beginning, the privacy revolution has started. Oh, that's good news. the generation's taking it. That is good news. All right, Mark, we'll be back. One more segment remaining with Mark Weinstein. Hey, if you've got a question, the lines are now available to you. And we'll discuss protecting your online privacy right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. You're 
listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hey, welcome back. A few moments remain with Mark Weinstein, who is uh, a leading online privacy advocate, the privacy blogger for CNN and the Huffington Post. And um, he is the CEO and founder of Scruples.com, and that's a play on words. It's not scruples as in morals. Uh, it's scruples as in S-G-R-O-U-P-L-E-S, scruples.com. And uh, if you go onto the richardserrett.com website under tonight's show and just click on Mark's name, Mark Weinstein, we've uh, linked to uh, his website there. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering about uh, whether this goes back to the origin of the Internet and, and um, uh, the early stages, which was essentially, I believe, a product of DARPA, and whether maybe this was their intention all along. This was the fur-lined trap. Mark, what do you think? Well, you know, um, remember, the web, there's, uh, you know, there's Tim Berners-Lee, uh, a, a great, uh, you know, freedom, you know, advocate, privacy advocate, who really was the founder of the World Wide Web, uh, and he talked about us on March 25th. He was interviewed at the 25-year uh, anniversary of the web. And, you know, he, Tim only mentioned one company, Scruples, when he inter- was interviewed on CNET, talking about the future of the web and what the work is, is still to do. Um, and so, and I was there early in 1998. I built one of the first social networks in the world. So, you know, really, we weren't, we weren't spying on people then. That wasn't the idea. The idea was to use communication to give a, you know give people a great experience, um, but um, you know the Facebook era. You know, remember, I do think that you know, and this is the controversy. You know, the the show, um, and I, I really do think that Facebook has an investment from the CIA, and I we're looking to verify that. Uh, we're now in the age of, um, and wars now are fought in an entirely different way. Here we are in the 100th anniversary of World War One, trench warfare, and now it's being fought online. We have cyber warfare. We have currency wars, of course. But now we have this thing called cyber warfare. Uh, is, is that an area that, that um, uh, that's, you know, sort of a, um, an area of concern for you, how, how uh, the Internet is being used for sabotage, for example? You can send a virus down uh, down. Uh, the pipe online and, and uh, take out somebody's nuclear power plant or uh, I mean is, is is that something that we really need to be worried about in the, in, in the coming years look this is absolutely something we need to be worried about also you know the hackers we know that uh, you know look uh, the Obama administration just did something really bold which was indict uh, you know Chinese military leaders though we have no chance of prosecuting them but at least instead of sweeping it under the rug we said hey wait a minute uh, and the reason they did this is, you know, I've seen guys in Silicon Valley who can show. I was at, at the lobbying of Congress. We were talking to the Senate Commerce Committee saying, please do something. We can show the day that the Chinese hackers came in, hacked a friend of mine's company, took his code and, and replicated it and built a company in, in uh, China just using his code, the identical company. So the risk of military secrets, the risk of corporate secrets, um, I think this is really, you know, and, and it, so it's classic. Really, it's classic just in the history of time. It's good guys versus the bad guys. What other developments uh, in terms of uh, the, the erosion or the destruction of online privacy have you concerned? Is there new, new technology? Is there uh, uh, a new uh, piece of software that uh, uh, either these criminals have or these marketers have that, that has you particularly worried? Well, if you look at uh, facial recognition 
and this deep facial recognition, the ability to identify us in any picture that's posted anywhere on the web. Facebook is working with what they call deep facial recognition. So everybody, don't believe Facebook's new initiative on privacy. It's a bunch of malarkey. Uh, what they're really doing is developing their new deep facial recognition system and encouraging, you know, tracking us as far and deep as they can. Uh, and also Google Glass. You know, when you look at Google Glass and you look at facial recognition, when you're going to walk into a store or a restaurant and they're, they're, they're going to have a camera that's going to be able to identify you even if you've never been in there before, um, this has gone too far. It's getting too creepy. And remember, technology doesn't have a conscience. Technology is amoral. So, you know, we've, we've got to start to rein this in and make judgments about what's okay and what's not. Well, the other thing that concerns me, uh, um, I, I mean, I, I, I think they've got facial uh, recognition technology uh, already operating at the airports because uh, I've, I've talked to friends who have told me things about, you know, being, being recognized and being asked questions uh, without even handing over any identification and so forth. And, uh you know that old saying that they whatever they have is probably 50 years beyond our wildest imagination it's probably true some of that stuff right so so this is where this is why i said the privacy revolution is starting now um you know we do have laws to protect us uh and we have got to get those laws enforced we're going to have to take it back um, there's look all these things about the nsa we didn't know all the, their ability to uh, listen to phone conversations around the world of anybody at any time, which is, it makes you wonder, where's that airplane, right? You know. Oh, yes. We talked a lot about that, for sure. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Mr. Shows, and where's that airplane if we've got all this great technology? Um, so, um, and so, so people have to fight back. We have to start, and then we'll learn more. My understanding from, uh, you know, Mr. Greenwald is that in the next uh, six to ten weeks, we're going to get a whole nother basket of revelations out of uh, the Snowden files. Well, I, I remember at the end of uh, 2013, the Washington Times uh, ran a, a piece, uh, sort of a summing up of the year that was, and uh, they said, 2013, uh, the year that proved your paranoid friend is right. And uh, I think 2014 is going to be more of the same. Um, uh, I wanted to ask you um, about uh, this there's another rumor that's floating out there that uh, the government, the U.S. government or some, again, some intel group is working on or they have in their possession some sort of a kill switch for the Internet. Uh, and we're hearing a lot about, uh, you know, the the uh, the loss of not only privacy online, but also freedom of expression online and how, you know, websites and things will be shut down and there'll be uh, this, you know, this sort of fairness doctrine imposed over what has been really a bastion of, of, of freedom and, and, and freedom of expression. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, first of all, think that the government has this kill switch? Uh, I don't think the government has this kill switch. Um, and I know uh, Mother Jones reported the, the secret plan. Um, and, um, you know, the uh, Electronic Privacy Information Center did some reports on it. Um, I think what's, what we want to be careful of today is this whole thing about net neutrality. Uh, and in the United States, the uh, Federal Communications Commission deciding that maybe there's a way for some companies to pay for bigger and broader access to the web. Um, and that's dangerous because we've got to keep the web free. We've got to keep, you know, give companies access to it. This is important for freedom of the world. We can't let, you know, a company like Facebook or Google buy the big pipe and shut small companies out. Um, so we do have to be careful about this. 
Um, and there's this rumor about the Department of Homeland Security, you know, has a plan. And it wouldn't surprise me if someone said, let's create, let's make a plan. But I don't think they have any idea how to actually do it without shutting down the whole power grid, really, in the world. All right, let's go to the phones. And uh, Tony is in Brampton, Ontario. Tony has a question about facial recognition. Welcome, Tony. Hi, Richard. Uh, yes, uh, facial recognition, uh, that's a tempest in a teapot, uh, a red herring, because every time you go to the Department of Motor Vehicles or get your health card picture taken, uh, you know, that's gone, that's gone in, on, into the Internet. Uh, medical records, uh, kiss them goodbye. Uh, tax filings, uh, you know, they know everything about you. All right. Good point, Tony. Uh, Mark, uh, your response. Facial recognition is a tempest in a teapot. Yeah, Tony, you're you're absolutely right, and this is the problem. Um, So, you know, what we need to do is have control over our personal information like this and and, uh, securing it, you know, especially if you go to the doctor, um, things like that. Uh, You know, your motor vehicle records should be private. Um, Just, you know, they should just be in the hands of the motor vehicle department and nobody else. Um, we're going to have to take these things to the courts. We're going to have to legislate. Uh, this is we're, we're ending what I call, I'm calling the, the last 10 years the Facebook era, which is this era where we got hooked on the openness of the world and we realized that that's actually not natural and it doesn't work. So we have to go step by step, you know, in hand with, you know, regulatory agencies and with private companies, and we have to start, you know, taking it back. Tony raised another good point, and that is about taxes, filing taxes online. Uh, is, is that something that you would recommend? There is, you know, some of, these, some of the stuff, there are laws about what's public and what's not. So you know, we can't change things that are public and things that are not. So, you know, I don't see any problem with using the electronic systems of the government to file your taxes. That's a convenience. Um, I don't see any evidence that, that that stuff is being misused. And frankly, I don't see any evidence that if you don't do it, that it doesn't get up there electronically anyhow. What do you think the government does with it? Of course, the government is logging that into a computer. It's all programmed. It's all going in the same place. So, you know, in that case, just use the convenience. All right. Uh, I don't have a name up on the computer. Oh, it's Danny. Danny's on the line. No, I'm being waved off. We don't have Danny. Okay. Um, so what do you think the Internet is going to look like? In It's not just the Internet, but uh, for the lack of a better term, let's, let's talk about the Internet. What do you think it's going to look like in, in 10 years? Is it, are, you, are, are you positive about the future, or are you, are you pessimistic? Uh, you'll love this. You'll love this. There's two, there's two trends, I think, that are going to come. Uh, first of all, we're in the, we're in the cloud era where, where everything is going up to the cloud. You know, we're storing all our documents. Everything is going up to the cloud. I predict that we're going to come back to the anti-cloud era because of this privacy thing. And, you know, while some people are getting away from storing too much on their home computers and we've gotten rid of a lot of home computers and people think it's all going mobile, I think that there's going to be about five years going to be a backlash and we're going to go back to big storage devices in our homes to protect our computers and our files and our documents so that they're not all up in the cloud. And also we are about to enter the era of robots. So, which is a little bit different than the Internet, but we are about to enter the era of functioning robots in our homes five years from now, ten years for sure, where I, you can walk in your house and say, make me a grilled cheese sandwich, and a robot is going to do it. 
All right. Well, uh, it's back to the future in some in some ways, as you say. We'll have portable storage devices back in our homes. Uh, good to end it on a positive note. And Mark, I really appreciate your time again. Uh, give us the website, and if there's a one eight hundred number or a one eight 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 number. So it's scruples.com. That's S G R O U P L E S dot com. Go there, register, bring your family, bring your friends. You know, this is where privacy matters and where social media is exciting and fun. It's a great full featured site. Uh, if, if anybody wants to reach me, they can go ahead and send an email to me at mark, M-A-R-K, at scruples.com. Um, and remember, you know, practice safe sharing, have fun online, uh, and, you know, let's revolutionize social media. Mark Weinstein, really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be with you. My pleasure. Mark Weinstein, CEO and founder of the social network company called scruples.com. And my website, the portal to The Conspiracy Show, is richardserrett.com, S-Y-R-E-T-T.com. Don't forget to register. Up on the top uh, left-hand side of the uh, the homepage, there's a sign up and log on button. Click on there. And once you do register, you'll gain access to exclusive member content, including audio from previous shows, which we're slowly sort of bringing up to speed. We've got about uh, three or four months' worth now of audio from previous shows. And once I get to that 500 subscription level, I'll start cranking out that uh, weekly newsletter. All right, and as always, of course, say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett, and follow the truth. (laughs) 